0: Awesome. We have the victory. Amen. All because of Him. All because Jesus made the way. Isn't that awesome? That's something to come together and celebrate. Fantastic. We're going to continue celebrating. Just before you sit down, I want you to give Pastor Ray and Wendy. A huge hand. Welcome back. So amazing to have you back with us this morning. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> you can tell there's not not too many of us have been in our staff meetings eh? so <laughs> when we do a welcome to someone it's just like this It just never ends <laughs> the welcome just keeps on going and it's like oh come on we we'll just just stop but then it goes again so thanks for continuing that. isn't it great to have them back so good oh yeah come on let's continue it on <laughs> good to be back wonderful. You may be seated now. <laughs> fantastic. Well, we're going to hear a little bit about their adventures shortly. So that's fantastic. Are uh, you get filled if you, if you don't know what why we're welcoming Pastor Raymond, Winnie bet you'll get filled in shortly. <laughs> well, a special welcome to you if you are here for the first time. It's great to have you with us today. and We pray that you enjoy your time with us this morning. If you haven't already picked up a welcome pack, then please pick one up uh, as you exit into the foyer on your right-hand side. There'll be someone there to meet you. Naira, beautiful Nairi is going to be there to meet you. And um, we'd love you to to grab one of those welcome packs, enjoy one. There's a free coffee card in there. We'd love you to fill out your details so it'll help us to get to know you and you can enjoy your coffee in the Crossover Cafe. Isn't that good? Well, let's celebrate the birthdays and anniversaries. Pastor Rex has had a birthday. (laughs) That's great. else had a birthday, wedding anniversary? Engagement? Is there anyone? I heard the other week there was an engagement, but it's because we never said engagements that they never came forward. So no one else? Well, church, let's stand and pray for our birthday. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Pastor Sheridan is away this morning at Activate Fielding, so thank you, God, that you are with him right now. Anoint him. Thank you, Lord. We've got a couple of things coming up. I want to let you know, please, 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 check out your e-news because there are a number of things coming up, and if you don't, if you're not attentive to your, excuse me, to your e-news, then um, you might miss out. And don't want you to miss out. And plus, you've. Plus, your newsletter's there, um, there's info in there. But a couple of things are keep calm, it's Christmas. Girls, that's for you. Any females, keep calm, it's Christmas. This is a popular event at the end of the year, a great event to be able to invite your friends to. So, you do need to get tickets for that. Please get your tickets at the hub, and it'll be great to see you here on Monday, the 14th of November. Plus, men's breakfast, men. The men, whoa. <laughs> men's breakfast is this coming Saturday, so um, you can register for that as well at The Hub. What is it? Um, More Than Bacon. Wow, that sounds interesting. Tonight, our 6pm gathering is going to be in the youth hall. So look forward to seeing you in the youth hall. So you can still come in the front here, go right around, and then we're going to meet out there. So that's going to be great. Pastor Ray's going to be speaking tonight. So that's going to be good. Also, if you are uh, new to Activate, even in the last year, or particularly if you have never been to an Activate DNA then we would love you to join us on November the 20th for lunch. Um, however, for us to cater for you, we need you to let us know that you're going to be there. So you can do that at the Hub or email the office. And it will be great to get to know you more and uh, give you more information about who we are. So that's going to be fantastic. Plus you've got some things there on your seats. Anyone who's a volunteer, thank you, thank you, thank you. We want to serve your lunch. So you do need to let us know if you are going to be coming to that. Otherwise, we will not have enough lunch. Um, But we would love uh, all volunteers to come and let us uh, celebrate you. So that's going to be fantastic. Last week, uh, Pastor Sheridan spoke into our vision offering. How many of us were here last week? the majority of us um, that was good wasn't it? Exciting exciting, it's always exciting looking forward uh, so uh, for those of you that weren't here we want to give you opportunity to be able to sow into that if you um, were unable to do so last week, so we're going to do that later on, Pastor Ray is going to share a little bit more about that later on So, but you may like to prepare yourself for that vision offering later We've had a fantastic October CIA month, haven't we? And I, There are some people that are still continuing, I know, with Take the Initiative, and I know that I haven't heard all of the stories, but it's, it's been so good, hasn't it? Gathering together and also taking the initiative ourselves to bless our community. So we've got a few highlights to show you on screen, so have a wee look at that. Great. So thank you, church, for your involvement in CIA. That was, wasn't that great? Just Pastor Ray got involved there with drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a good thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> Drink coffee together. Well, we're going to have communion together, gather around communion. I love gathering around communion. And we're going to have to get the keyboard to stop because our beautiful <laughs> Wendy is going to lead us around communion. So are you going to do it from can up Can I, oh, okay yeah. I do it from here? Oh yeah. Why not? You wow, isn't that me. good? So how about you give Wendy a hand? Oh, thank you. <laughs> so first of all, it is so
1: wonderful to be back amongst our um, church family, Activate, and Um, Thank you so much for your kind words everybody. It's just so lovely to um, come back and to feel uh, like we belong and part of that is your kindness and the words that you've expressed to us. Um, It's just so wonderful. Words can't explain how we feel about coming back to our lovely Activate family. So thank you for being so lovely all of you peoples out there. It's lovely. Um, So when I think of communion and the belonging that we feel, I can't help but think that God has called us to belong to him. And for belonging and exchange of belonging is a rejection. And through his goodness and through his sacrifice to us, we now belong to him. And I love communion because it gives me an opportunity, it gives you an opportunity today to reflect on what Christ has done for us. He is our saviour. He's the one that brings light into our hearts. Once we were dark before we knew Christ, there was darkness, there's darkness in the world, but he gives an opportunity to shine the light on and to bring goodness in exchange for once where there was hurt. He brings love when there was hate. He stands beside us when things happen in our lives. Things happen that you are not plan for, you don't expect. But through his act on the cross, he gives us the strength to be able to walk through those things. He comes and stands beside us. He gives us uh, faith. He teaches us forgiveness. Some things happen. I know in my own life, there's People have done stuff, even your own children you know, do things, and things happen, and you uh, struggle to understand that, but through Christ, he gives us the hope, and he gives us the ability to forgive, and that's what I really wanted to also focus on today is forgiveness, because through his act of dying on the cross, we now have access to forgiveness, and how amazing is that? Because if we didn't have access to uh, forgiveness, we would be bound up. We would be uh, stuck in one place, and heaven would not be properly available to us. But because of God's great, generous forgiveness of dying on the cross, we now have access to forgiveness. And um, in the Bible, it says in 1 John that if we confess our sins, Christ is faithful and just to forgive our sins and he will cleanse us from all righteousness. So if we just think about that, he is faithful and just to forgive us. So today, you know, he, there's no option because Christ cannot go against his word. He is faithful and just. He is honest and pure and we have access to all of that. And through forgiveness, through us confessing our sins, we have access to God's faithfulness and his justice, and not only that, he says he's going to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so today, as we come around communion, I'd just like us to focus on that, that if there is anything in our lives that maybe we need to confess, or we can ask the Lord to show us something that's in our hearts, or maybe unforgiveness, that just as before we take communion, I'll allow a time where we can just spend one-on-one time with our Father God, and ask him to come and forgive us, and to help us to forgive others, and that he would cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and that we would be righteous in his sight. In the Lord's Prayer it says, uh, our Father, maybe you'd like to join with me, our Father, those of you that know it, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread, And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So in that middle bit where it says, forgive us our sins as you forgive us. And lead us not into temptation. So also coming to God regularly helps us to stop that temptation. We are all tempted, but in the manner of unforgiveness can lead to uh, temptations that can lead to bitterness. So today, as we come around communion, let's just remember our Lord Jesus. Come come to him with our hearts full of forgiveness. Now, I'm hoping that there's a picture up there. There is. It's not very clear. But um, one of the places Ray and I visited was in Israel was at the Mount of Hermon. And Israel is quite a dry place, quite barren everywhere you go. But this place that we went was at the foot of Mount Hermon, and um, it's a, a mountain that does get snow on it in the winter time. And the water, the snow melts, and it comes underground for about 30 k's, and it comes out at the foot of Mount Hermon. And we were sitting there; we had the privilege of um, spending a few hours there, and. So as the water comes out into this barren land, we were sitting beside this little stream and here were these blackberries. I don't know if you can see them there. Yeah. And with the, the bush. So it was just so beautiful, this greenery amongst the barren land. And I couldn't help but think that that Jesus brings uh, life and growth into our lives. As we allow him, as his water, his precious flowing spirit comes into us, his life flows up through us. And the blackberries there reminded me of his precious blood, the colour there, of his precious blood that was shed for us at Calvary. And through the washing of his blood, through his sacrifice, we can access that living water that brings growth in the barrenness of our lives. He produces fruit and greenery um, for others to enjoy, for each other to uh, share in with relationship. And so while we were sitting there at at Mount Hermon, and Ray is going to share a lot more, um, this song came across my mind, and so I uh, YouTubed it. And it's a song um, by Elevation Band, And it's about coming to the altar, and the altar meaning coming to Jesus. His arms are open today. He wants you to walk into his arms. He's such a loving God. And it says, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. His forgiveness was bought by the precious blood of Jesus. So I'm really hoping that you've got your communion by now. Yes, great. So I'm just going to sing this song, but before I do, we just bow our heads and just spend a few moments. If there's anything that you need to come before Father God, now's the time just to thank him too for what he's done in our lives, but to bring anything before him, just as a cleansing. Thank you, Lord. for your love, Lord. Thank you for your goodness and your generosity. Such generous forgiveness, Lord, that you give to us, Father God. And Lord, you release us through that today. We come to you, Lord, afresh today, Father, and we ask for forgiveness, and we thank you for your forgiveness, which gives us access to you and freedom in the name of Jesus.
2: come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was brought
1: Were eating, Jesus took the bread and when He had given thanks, He broke it and gave it to His disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then He took the cup and when He had given thanks to them, He gave it to them saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the many for the forgiveness of He says, You have received forgiveness of sins through His name. Repent then and turn to God so so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for times of refreshing, Father God. I come before you now. So I just invite you now just to stand. I'm hoping the words will be up. And just as we move into worship, we're just going to sing... come sing with me. Let's worship our Father God. Let's rejoice and receive his love today.
0: be exalted be exalted above all things
3: in our lives
0: in, in our city in our community in our nation be exalted above everything be exalted above everything Thank you that you draw near to us as we draw near to you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you would be near. I I pray that anyone here right now would know your nearness, would know your closeness. If they've been feeling you distant, that they would know your nearness even though you are exalted above all things, that you are near, that you refresh, that you revive. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your nearness, your closeness, for your refreshing poured out upon every person In you in this atmosphere of worship, this beautiful atmosphere of his presence. I really sense that, that beautiful nearness of God, that he longs for every one of us to know that he is near as we call out to him, as we draw near to him. So know his nearness. because I love that God inclines his ear to us, but he loves us to be attentive to his voice, and he's going to speak to us now through Pastor Ray. So how about we give Pastor Ray a huge hand and honour the word, honour the man with the word as he comes. Thank
3: you. Thank you so much, Jan. Well. Wow. Great to be in church. You may take a seat. Lovely to see you. And uh, I want to say thank you for such a warm welcome back at church. It. Uh, I, I came to work this Monday thinking I don't want to turn up on Sunday and just be overwhelmed with people everywhere. I thought I'll ease myself in and come in on Monday and, and work through the week. And uh, it is absolutely delightful to be with you. And on behalf of Wendy and I, I want to say a special thank you to Pastor Sheridan and Jan and the elders for the release and the support to be on sabbatical. And I want to say thank you to the church for the release to be on sabbatical. We've had an absolutely wonderful time, and um, I'm going to share some of that with you today. Um, so we're going to have a lot of fun doing, around the, doing that. We won't get through all of it. There is just too much to see, and there's just... Too many conversations to be had to get at it at one time. And uh, Wendy said to me, you're not going to be doing a slideshow, are you? <laughs> and I, I said, yes, I am. <laughs> but I remember when my parents, uh, when I was a teenager, and they said, oh, have got some people coming around to do a slideshow. And I thought, oh, this will be exciting. And uh, this gentleman, he turned up with this projector and... Uh, well, it's carousel of slides, and it would go ka-chink, ka-chink, and it would be projected and ka-chink, ka-chink, and then one would come upside down, and you have to say, excuse me, I have to turn it around the other way around, and then it was the wrong way, and um, so we, we don't have any, any um, slides like that today, but I do have a number of slides, and um, I won't get through all of it, but if you want to hear more, I will be speaking further about it this evening, with more slides to follow. So... Uh, so there we go. So that's what we're going to be doing, and we'll have a lot of fun as we do that. So I'll just get myself ready here. And uh, I've got to say, there's no place like home. We've had a wonderful time away, but there is no place. There is no place like home. So we had a wonderful time. We left in late, uh, late August, and we flew from Auckland. We left to cold New Zealand. Flew to the U.S. and then went from the U.S. to the U.K. and then into Greece, then into Israel and back home. And uh, we did that over six and a half weeks. A number of people asked me, what was the weather like? It was fantastic. In six and a half weeks, we only had one day and it was a part thereof of rain. Most days, the sky was beautiful and clear. And the temperature, particularly in Greece and, and Israel, was around 27 to 32 degrees, maybe on a hotter day, 33. Uh, it wasn't humid. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Wendy found it a little bit hotter than what I did, but I, I, I got really into that weather. I really, really did. We, we came back on the 5th of October, and it rained all that week. And I thought we had six and a half weeks with only a half a day of rain. We come back for a week, and it's all wet. But it, in saying that, there's no place to be home. So... Um, I want to invite you to come with, with us on the journey today, and so just imagine you're on the plane, and before any plane starts, there's always a safety brief, there's always a safety message. So rather than giving you a safety brief, I want to give you a sabbatical brief. Why do sabbatical? What is sabbatical, and why do sabbatical? Sabbatical comes from the Hebrew word shabak, and it literally means to cease, to cease work. And typically we're familiar with Sabbath, which would be a rest one day a week, uh, but a sabbatical was a rest that can be anything from a week up to a year. Wouldn't that be nice? So uh, we had. Um, so sabbatical was about four things principally. First of all, it's about rest, and in the Axe movement of New Zealand, um, after seven years of service, you're awarded eight weeks of sabbatical leave, which is great. A few years ago, it was after five years of service, you were awarded four weeks of leave. So I'm very grateful that that change happened, of eight weeks, and and we, um, the elders, kindly agreed for an, another two weeks, and so we had ten weeks away altogether so the primary purpose of sabbatical is rest and uh, I'm sure many of us know and I'm sure your lives are like this but pastoring is spiritually emotionally and mentally demanding at times very demanding and the hours are long sometimes very very long and I make no complaint about that but it's certainly good to go away and have a rest and so sabbatical is about that sabbatical is also about having fun about having the time to refresh and have some fun and we enjoy having fun it's about spiritual refocusing and rejuvenating it's about focusing on things, maybe going to conferences, visiting particular sites, um, doing retreats, maybe study, whatever it might be. And then thirdly, or fourthly, it's about reconnection with family, particularly pastors with younger children. It's a time for a connection, but Wendy and I thought, let's really connect on a, a new level, on a spiritual level, and that maybe we haven't done before. So those were our four focus points, to rest, to have fun, to refocus spiritually, to rejuvenate spiritually, and to reconnect on another level. So there we go. So that's the safety brief. You buckled in? Okay, here we go. So, oh, before we go there, the first, the, <laughs> the first thing I said, I don't know if you remember this, I want to go to Santa Monica Beach. I've always dreamed about going to Santa Monica Beach. We got to LA, I hired a big car, because in America things are big, and Wendy looks at this car and goes, that's a big car, I know, just wait till you get out to those freeways. They... And they proved to be very, very fast and very furious. So the first thing we did was jumped in the car, went to Santa Monica Beach, and we went for a swim. And uh, the, there's a lot of sand when you get to the beach, and you walk out at about 200, 250 metres, and there's the sand. And I, as I'm getting closer and closer to the water, I say, Wendy, look, look at those dorsal fins in the water. There's sharks! There's sharks in the water! There's people swimming with sharks! <laughs> they were dolphins. <laughs> So we had a really enjoyable swim, we went for a bike ride, we hired bikes, we went for a bike ride along the boardwalk at Santa Monica, went to the pier and had tea at a cafe and watched the sunset go down. That was our first night. I thought, thank you Lord, this is a good way to start, I'm really enjoying this. The next day we went and we were going to visit the Dream Center and uh, the Dream Center Um, is an amazing place as you'll hear shortly and I thought in preparation we'll leave very early um, so we've got plenty of time for our visit so we went into town we bought um, some subway and thought we'll find a park now when you're traveling around the tall buildings the GPS doesn't work too well so I'm trying to find a park through downtown LA never been there before not quite knowing where I'm going And all of a sudden, I'm driving into some areas that maybe I shouldn't be driving. They're feeling really dodgy. There's rubbish everywhere. There's graffiti everywhere. And when he goes, what on earth are you driving into this area for? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I'm just going where I'm going. (laughs) So I turn my car around and finally find a spot where I can get the GPS to work. And we find a a better spot. And... uh, we enjoy our lunch, and then we go on to the Dream Center. But one of the things that really impacted me as we're going through these places was atmospheres. And um, you go to a place, and it has an atmosphere. And you go to another place, and it has another atmosphere. And you go to another place, and it feels and has its own unique atmosphere. And so we came to the Dream Center, and uh, there it is in Los Angeles. It's close to downtown LA. It's about three to four car k's away. It was started by Pastor... Um, Matthew Barnett and his dad Tommy Barnett in 1994 and uh, they really are all about a church in action and it's great to see what the church has done over the month of October. Congratulations church, it is absolutely wonderful and I enjoyed it being at the light party this Monday where over 400 children were here. It was chaos but it was fun, it was awesome and uh, it's all about church uh, in action and so Here is um, the Dream Center, and they minister to uh, drug members, prostitutes, the abused, the homeless, the sick, the marginalised. And uh, they started in 1994, and after four years of operation, the mayor of Los Angeles publicly acknowledged the work that was being done by the Dream Center, Um, such was the impact. And so um, they shared some statistics with us, which absolutely sort of blew my mind away. In 1994, total violent crimes in Los Angeles was 138,125. In 2015, not only because of the Dream Center, but other ministries like them, it was down to 16,032. In 1994, homicides, uh, homicides were at 1,669, and 2015, down to 191. And Pastor Matthew Barnett says it's the power of the gospel, the kingdom of God, changing the hearts and lives of people, which transforms cities. And you walk into this place and you feel it's just alive. It's just, it's, all I can describe it is it has an atmosphere of life, tangible, real life. And uh, as we were. Um, Walking around, they said, look, come up onto the roof, and um, so we thought, yeah, we'll go up onto the roof, and this model appeared. (laughs) Taking a few model shots around the place, actually. (laughs) It's quite, I Wendy, just pose like this for you. So that's looking over downtown LA. If you go over and look on the opposite side, you'll see the Hollywood sign that we're familiar with on the movies, and uh, it's quite clear to see. And as I'm up on the top of this um, roof looking around, it just dawns on me the power of vision. Here's a man with a vision to touch and transform a city. And God just breathes into it resources, people, ideas, favor of God. And the atmosphere literally changes through the work that they do. It was absolutely inspiring going. I, I was honestly really stunned being on the top of that roof. And it reminded me of the scripture, Proverbs 29:18, 18. Uh, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law is happy. And I thought about the, the contrasting thought. You know, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But the contrasting thought, where there is a vision, where there is a God-inspired vision, where there is something given by God, a picture of how the future could be, God releases favour, God releases resources, lives are changed, communities are t- just turned upside down, and the favour of God rests in the atmosphere of the place, and you could feel it. When we um, went into the Dream Centre, I noticed there was two medical mobile units, um, and I asked, could we go and have a look, and I was told, no, we couldn't. And um, as we were going into our car parks, um, I noticed... This particular mobile medical unit, they drive down into downtown um, LA to Skid Row, which is known as the homeless capital of the US, and um, just as we were going into our car, this gentleman went up to it and opened the door of that particular mobile medical unit. So I went up to him and said, Hi, I'm, I'm Ray, and, and Wendy, she said she got really annoyed me with me when I was introducing myself to people in the US. She said, Ray, you're going to have to stop doing what you're doing. Uh, because I, I would go, g'day, hi, I'm, I'm Ray from New Zealand. <laughs> and, and she used to say, "Why do you say from New Zealand?" Well, there's two reasons. One, New Zealand's a great place, and secondly, because I must sound a bit strange, I want to answer the question, "Where does he come from?" I, he comes from New Zealand. But I, she said, "You just ex, you know put too much emphasis on the word New Zealand." <laughs> But anyway, so this gentleman opens up and, and I say, Look, can I please come in and, and have a look at this mobile unit? And he says, Sure. So I introduce myself. He introduces himself. His, he says, My name is Thomas, and I just need to let you know my name does not mean doubting, it means one who seeks the truth. I'm a, see- a truth seeker. And I said, That's cool, Tom. So I just want you to know this, right? I said, It's okay, Tom. I have a son called Tom, too. And here's Tom, and he tells me his story. He said, I came here 15 years ago to the Dream Center. My life was an absolute mess. I had tried everything, had done everything, and I was about to end my life. And somebody said, go to the Dream Center. So he was in the program for two years, gave his life to the Lord, and for the, since that time, he's been driving these mobile units uh, all around downtown LA. And I think a vision. It's changing an atmosphere. Lives have been touched and transformed. He says, I know how those people feel. I used to be one of them. And I know what it feels like when somebody comes up and does something kind to you. Just touches you. It's amazing. We also had the opportunity, Wendy and I met with with Dr. Claire Harford and went to the Los Angeles Christian Health Centers. And I'd like to tell you a whole lot about that. I, I just simply don't have the time to do it right now. Uh, but that was absolutely amazing time as well. And um, <clears throat> before, um, sorry, so we're in LA and that, that was fantastic. And then we moved from LA to New York. But uh, before we get to New York, I just. One of the things that really struck me about LA is you go into the atmosphere of it, and, and this is how it feels like to me. They go, it's very individualistic, and it's very patriotic. You, know, you see US flags all on buildings, on houses, and you just feel it in the atmosphere. America's great. America, and I'm going, flip, I'm even saying that in my head. This, this atmosphere is getting in. And uh, then we fly over to, to New York, and... Um, we have a wonderful time there, and we are travelling with a, a, um, a taxi driver. And I said, look, what, what are people in New York like? He said, we're, we're hustlers. We, we fight. We hustle. We push. We shove. Uh, that's, that's what we do. And uh, you could really, really feel that in the atmosphere. Um, very, very noticeable. One thing I do need to mention about LA is uh, Wendy said before she went, she wanted to go to Disneyland, I was very ambivalent about going to Disneyland. I thought, that's for kids, and I really don't want to go. I really didn't. I did. It was okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was really good. (laughs) I really, really liked the Thunder Park ride. Yeah. But once again, it really impacted me on the power of vision. Here was a man, Walt Disney had a vision creating a fun time for kids and mums and dads. He's created it. And You walk into the environment, it feels fun, and it is fun. And one of my favorite rides was the teacups. <laughs> that, that, was, that, was, that was a lot of fun. Um, we did a number of sites around New York. We went to the, uh, the Empire State Building on the 102nd floor, which is at the very top. We met a lovely Christian woman and uh, she said, are you guys from England? And I said, no, we're from New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, hi, I'm Ray from New Zealand. <laughs> she said, oh, I just can't wait to go there. And I said, yeah, it's a great place, and New Zealand is a great place. Um, we enjoyed visiting Ground Zero. It's a very moving uh, experience. Uh, it really, really was um, we also hired bikes and, and biked around Central Park. It's quite a ride, uh, but that was a lot of fun. And then we went to the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church uh, in New York. And so that was really, really something. I was really looking forward to this. And so we uh, were in New Jersey, and we traveled over uh, by taxi to Brooklyn. And we arrived at church at about three minutes to nine. And we go through the front doors, we have, receive a wonderful welcome, and the place is packed. 3,000, 4,000 people. It's just, oh my goodness. And so we're directed to the very back of the auditorium on the ground floor, and there's half a dozen or so seats. And so we sit down, and I go, this is wonderful. The, the service begins and starts, and I thought, oh, I'll take some video. I'll, I'll take some photos. And as I'm doing this, I notice the usher walking up like this. <laughs> so excuse me, sir, uh, no photography. Okay, sure, that's, that's fine. I didn't find out until later when he carries on videoing, but but the person sitting next to me pulls out their, um, their church notice and points at the top in capital letters, no photography and services. And I thought, oh, should I take a photo of that? <laughs> but we, we really enjoyed um, our time there. It was... This is a church that is built on building a house of prayer. And Pastor Jim Simbala, who's the senior pastor there, was very ill that week. In fact, his wife got up and said "It's the sickest he's uh, been in 47 years. And so we were scheduled to catch up with him, and obviously that didn't happen. But they had a guest minister um, from uh, Canada, and he was preaching on Psalm 113. You know somehow good it is when brethren dwell together in unity. It's like the oil on... Aaron's bed running down is like the Jew on Mount Hermon. And when he said the Jew on Mount Hermon, I thought, we're going to go there. We're going to visit Mount Hermon. And so um, there's a whole story in that, which we'll tell you as well. So L.A. has a unique atmosphere. New York has a unique atmosphere. And we go to England, and of course it has a unique atmosphere atmosphere. This is at Windsor Castle. This is at the Queen's Chapel. In this chapel and it's hundreds of years old, there's been a prayer meeting every day for 400 years. Every day for 400 years. And I go, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. We struggle to get out once a week. Every day. Now somebody hasn't been there for 400 years, I assure you. (laughs) But I believe that's been a key why the monarchy has been as successful as it has, because there's been absolutely bathed in prayer. Now, is it religious? Yes. But is there faith? You cannot deny the vibrancy of faith that is in that place. It had a real tangible atmosphere of faith. It was vibrant. And then we went to the conference, the Acts Church Conference uh, in England, which was wonderful. Uh, This is where my most embarrassing moment occurred. Uh, We had our most uh, exhilarating moments, our most frustrating moments, and our most embarrassing moments. My my most embarrassing moment happened in England. It was at the end of the conference. And... uh, so it was a three, three and a half day conference, it was wonderful, and uh, Wendy said, look, let's go into the shopping centre, we'll get some lunch after the conference, and she you want to do a bit of shopping, and I said, that's fine, I will go to the bookshop and have a look at some books. So I found a really nice bookshop, and what's really good about this bookshop, it had some comfy seats, so I thought I'll grab one or two books, and I'll sit down and have a bit of a read. And I've been doing really well with jet lag in the US, but when I got to the UK, that was a different story, so I'm having a look at these books, and... When he comes back, about 40 minutes later, totally out to it, totally asleep. (laughs) And nobody said a word. (laughs) But the conference was really inspiring. And there was one of the keynote speakers, his name was Dr. Patrick Dixon. Um, He was a doctor who now is described as one of the 20 most influential business thinkers alive today. He's described as a futurist, and he gave a very, very interesting talk, um, covering a number of things. But one of the things he talked about was synchronization. The way that God works at synchronizing, like pieces of a gear, this one, this one, and this one. They all come together, all at the right time, all as a perfect event. God synchronizes things, and God is always synchronizing things, and he's looking for you and I to be participators with his synchronization. So he gave the example of an Acts when Philip and, and the Ethiopian is reading the scriptures and doesn't understand them. And Philip turns up right at the right time, jumps up on the carriage with the Ethiopian, explains the scriptures, and then they get the Ethiopian gets water baptized. And there's some water right there for him to be water baptized. So all of these things synchronize together. and God is doing this all the time. You probably have... Things you can think of right now where God is synchronized, put an order for you right now. One of the things that instantly when I heard this, my mind was reflected back what happened to Wendy and I with Dr. Claire in New York. And as I said, the GPS doesn't work too well with the 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 high buildings. And so we were driving through once again downtown LA. My GPS wasn't working too well. We had visited the medical team at the Los Angeles Christian Health Centers. And we thought, let's go and find a cafe. If you've ever been in uh, downtown LA, you can't find a cafe easily at all. And I'm just driving around the streets. I don't know where I'm going, and there's no co-parks that I can see. So I said, Lord, we need some car parks, and we need a cafe. So I thought, let's just turn down here. So we turned down this road, and then there's two car parks right beside each other. So I turn around to one, windy and clear, pop out, check the metres, The car park immediately behind me has got 45 minutes on it. So we just back into that. Right there is a pedestrian crossing. We take the pedestrian crossing right across the road. We turn this way just a couple of metres. Right in front of us is like a big brown wall. It doesn't look particularly pretty. And on it has the Hilton Hotel. My word, we'll go in there for a coffee. (laughs) God synchronises things. And I was going, Lord, your goodness is absolutely amazing. From after the conference, we travelled down to Bath in the south of um, England, and uh, we went to a, um, a wonderful church there, had a great time, and uh, we had a really funny, our, most, our worst lost in translation moment. So, you know, with a Kiwi accent, not everybody understands you, and I just couldn't quite work that out, but... So we were, Wendy very much wanted to go to the Sally Lung Museum. It's a famous museum. You're familiar with the Sally Lungs with the raspberry coatings on them? Very nice. Wendy wanted to go to the, the original place where Miss, Mrs. Sally Lung was making these things and get a cup of tea, an English cup of tea. So we were walking in the city trying to find the Sally Lung Museum. So I walk up to this Englishman and I say, excuse me, sir, can you please tell me where the Sally Lung Museum is? And he looks at me and he said, did you say, where is the Chinese and Asian eating house? <laughs> and I, I scratched my head. This is, without a word of like, this is absolutely true. And I thought, my, how did you get that? <laughs> so I said, one more time, can you please tell me where the Sali Lung Museum is? And I could tell he was thinking, I had said, where is the Chinese and Asian eating house? <laughs> and he turned on his heels like this and he said, I have no idea and just walked off. Just round the corner was the Silly Lung Museum, (laughs) and we enjoyed a nice Silly Lung with a cup of tea. Have you ever had a situation with your husband or your wife where they want to do one thing and you want to do one thing and you haven't got the time to do it and it sort of conflicts a bit? Well, we had one of those moments where we we were a little bit tight for time. I really wanted to go to a place called Water-on-Burton, and Wendy really wanted to go and visit a castle. And we didn't have much time, so we sort of, we finally worked it out, didn't we? So Wendy gracefully said, yes, I'll go with you to Water-on-Burton. It's a lovely um, English um, village with wonderful water scenes. And as we are walking around there, I go to an information centre, and I find this very interesting um, bulletin that just catches my name. And there's a village that's close by, 15 k's away. It's called the Double Thankful Village. The Double Thankful Village, and I go... Thankfulness is a huge thing for me. So I said to Wendy, we're going there. We're going to the Double Thankful Village. And I want to know why it's called the Double Thankful Village. Because I've never heard of any place called the Double Thankful Village before. So we drive down to the Double Thankful Village. It's not a big place. And we find out why it's called the Double Thankful Village. Because in the First World War, they sent soldiers to fight. And they all came home. The Second World War, they sent soldiers out to fight, and they all came home. And for that, they give thanks to God, and they called it the Double Thankful Village. Isn't that great? So the next day, I agreed with Wendy, she could go to her castle, and there's another model that appears. <laughs> this is Highclere Castle, this is where Downtown Abbey was filmed. So it was really interesting going and seeing that, so, so that's good. So there you go, Wendy. Okay, Greece this is for me this is where the trip really goes to another gear so you know I've been impacted by atmospheres, the atmospheres of Los Angeles, the atmosphere of New York, the atmosphere of of UK, all very different all very distinctive and um, so we come into Greece and this is where we visit, so we visit Ephesus uh, here that's just right there, and then we move to Athens, we go up north, we fly into Thessalonica, where the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, to the church there. Then we go to a place called Vera, in biblical times it was called Bera, today it's called Vera, and then we drive over to Kevala, in ancient times it was called Neapolis, and that's where ancient Philippi is, 15 k's away, where the first church in Europe was planted by the Apostle. And then I'm going, "Oh my word, this is a different world. This is a completely different world." So our first place we visited was Ephesus, and uh, it's a very significant biblical site. Uh, only 10 percent of it's been excavated. And in biblical times, it was one of the most vibrant and important cities of the known world at the time. It had a population estimated between 250 to 300,000 people, and it had a very sophisticated system for distributing water. And um, <clears throat> we'll have a little bit more look about that shortly. But as you're walking through um, this village, and, and you, you start, and you go, well, city, and you go downhill, you're walking past... Houses, administration areas, shrines, there's just shrines, the relics of old shrines to pagan gods everywhere. And then as you walk down, all of a sudden this building appears to you. Now, one of the things, if you know me well, I enjoy libraries, and I enjoy books. So in New York, in the UK, and in and another Greek place, I'd gone to a library, and each time I'd gone, the library was closed. That's true, eh, Wendy. I just, I can't believe it. Every library I want to go and visit is closed. The very day I turn up, this is a library, the very day I turn up to this library, someone's taken all the books. (laughs) There's no books there. So I asked the librarian, do you have the book, The Seven Wonders of the Modern World? She says, well, yes, but it was taken out 2,000 years ago. (laughs) Still waiting for it to come back, so I guess it'll be The Seven Wonders of the Ancient World. But uh, this was a a library that was built about uh, 120 years after the Apostle Paul uh, was in Ephesus. Paul uh, was in Ephesus for about three years, and um, it was just absolutely marvellous to go and see these sites. This is what's known as the Agora, the marketplace, where they would trade vegetables and clothing and um, furnishings and items. It was a large marketplace, and it was just amazing to go and see. You can see how blue the sky is, how beautiful it is. And uh, we were with our guide, we were guided through this, and she kept on saying to us a number of times, didn't she, Wendy, I'm a Muslim, I'm a Muslim, but she knew her Christian facts very well. She said, this is a house um, in Ephesus. And in this house, she said, and, and there were houses similar to this, this is where early Christian services were held. It's possible in this very place here that their letter to the book of uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians was actually read here. And so they've got archaeologists and experts that are going over this area, and it's just amazing to hear what they say um, about these houses. And so this, that's a large area, and you can go, I can just imagine a congregation being there. I can just imagine people hearing the word of God and worshipping God in these places. That's immediately right next to it. So if that larger portion was there, immediately right next to it is this uh, food service area. Um, And (coughs) these mosaics that are on the ground are like our carpet. And in some of these houses, they had water features. The water would come and fall down a wall. And they would have it there to cool the house during the heat of summer. And so that was in the wealthy homes. So you'd just have this sheet of water pouring down these homes. That's some of the decoration in these homes. Bearing in mind, these, these homes are um, you know, 2,000 years old. Here is what is known as Harbour Street or the Harbour Way. If you look into the distance, there used to be a harbour there. Um, over the last 2,000 years, it's all been silted up, so the sea is about 15k away, but the sea used to be into that point 2,000 years ago. And uh, Cleopatra with Antonio, they actually came up that path there uh, to the big theatre. And so the theatre, if you can see you come up that pathway, that's the amphitheatre, and it can seat uh, 25,000 people. Um, so it's an absolutely amazing place. And this is when I begin to, to get a handle on, and it dawns me, the, the Apostle Paul, I, I, my respect for him was there. It's right through the ceiling now. Uh, to me, he's a freak, in the, in the nicest way I can possibly describe it. Because he comes into the town of Ephesus. There's paganism everywhere. They're, they're, they're making false gods. There's businesses that make statues um, out of silver and sell it. And Paul comes into this environment, all this paganism. And um, in Acts chapter 19, verse 23, it says, "...about that time there arose a great disturbance about the way." A silversmith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines to Artemis, brought in a lot of business for the craftsmen there. He called them together along with the workers of related trades and said, You know, my friends, that we receive a good income from this business. And you see and hear how this fellow Paul has convinced and led astray a large number of people here in Ephesus and in practically the whole province of Asia. He says that the gods made by human hands are no gods at all. In verse 30 and 31, and what happens, there's a big riot that breaks out. And that riot says they go to the theater, and that's the theater the people of Ephesus are in, and they're absolutely opposed to Paul. Charged against him. Absolutely fervored up. And uh, in Acts 19 verse 33, Paul, this is what it says, Paul wanted to appear before the The crowd, but the disciples would not let him. I'm sure they probably would have torn Paul apart. Even some of the officials of their province, friends of Paul, sent a message begging him not to venture into the theater. And you go, Oh my goodness, there's the very, very theater! Amazing, absolutely amazing. And uh, of course, any trip to Ephesus is not complete. ...with a story about the public toilets. How would you like to go to the toilet like that? There's 50. They estimate there's 50 of such toilets. And um, do you want to know how they work? It's not very nice, I'm sorry. But you sit down. You can obviously work that part out. And um, you yeah, read the newspaper, talk to the mate next door. And these, these are not male or female. These are for anybody and so you you do what you do and before you is an attendant with a stick with a sponge and this is the absolute truth and so see that little channel there, water runs through that so he dips the sponge and puts it through that little hole there and does what he does (laughs) and I'm sorry to tell you this but it just adds colour to it, doesn't it? <laughs> and if, if you're wealthy, you can buy a new sponge. But if you're not, you buy a second or a used one. Yeah, so we needed to move on from Ephesus. There we go. But here, here was the amazing thing, seriously, though, in, in, in Ephesus. And um, near the end of our tour there, Wendy and I just took some time and we prayed. We prayed the Lord's Prayer. We prayed for Activate Church. We prayed that we would capture the vision, the the fervency that the Apostle Paul had, who in in, in the face of such negative atmospheres, in the face of such opposition, go, I have a vision. I want to see the atmosphere of heaven on earth. That's what I want to see. I want to see heaven come to earth. I'll finish with this very briefly. Just imagine you're talking to your neighbor. They ask you what church is like. You say, well, it's, it's cool. It's on the corner of Wairi and Busley streets, roads. Uh, we have some singing. Somebody speaks. We have coffee. It's all good. You should come along sometime. You've described the tangible aspects of the church. When they come, they're thinking about intangible things. Will it be safe? Will somebody say hello? Will somebody be friendly to me? They come in, they sit down. The singing begins and tears begin to go down their face. They're so moved. And somebody hops up and speaks and they think you have told them about their personal issues because the speaker is reading their personal mail. And at the end of it, the neighbor comes to you and says, You never told me church was like that. For the first time in my life, what God is doing here and what God wants to do here. And so I'm inspired by the Apostle Paul. I honestly am. And we haven't even got to talk about Jesus and Israel yet. And uh, if we have time, I'd love for you to come out this evening and, and share a little bit more about that. But last week, Pastor Sheridan shared about the vision of the campus and touching lives through the hub of church and education and medicine and and social services it's all about creating an atmosphere in this city that hamilton will be the best city in new zealand to raise a family our our crime statistics there's no reason why they can't be the same story as los angeles and i know because of the work churches and ministries in here. I hear great reports from the police. But that story, there's no reason why it can't be our story. Our story. And we are atmosphere creators. And this is one thing that leaders do. And every one of you here is a leader. Because this is what a leader does. A leader acts. A leader says, I'll put my hand up. A leader says, I'm going to be part of this. A leader says, I'm going to invest into this. A leader says, I'm going to be part of this story. Isn't that exciting? And so our neighbors come and go. They start telling the story. It's a nice place, but man, you want to go there, the atmosphere. It's indescribably good. It feels It feels like heaven that's the opportunity that we have partnering with God. Isn't that exciting? And so shortly we're about to receive our vision offering. If you haven't come prepared, I encourage you to do so next week. It's not about how much you give, but it is about being a leader, and every one of us as leaders is about, I'm going to act, I'm going to be part of this vision, I'm going to be part of creating the atmosphere of heaven, I'm going to see God's kingdom come. God's will be done. I'm going to see the goodness of God released like the city has never seen before. And I am going to be a part of it. And I am committed and determined to make my part, my mark, to make that happen. And I'm not going to have a bag of excuses. Kick that to the side. I'm committed for the cause of Christ. Isn't that good? Praise God. Well, why don't we bow our heads as um, I'm going to pray and then we'll receive this wonderful vision offering. Father, we thank you for the incredible opportunity to be in your house today. Father, thank you for your desire to see the atmosphere of heaven on earth. And thank you for the privilege, the joy, the opportunity we have to partner with you. Father, I thank you that you are a God of synchronization who works things all together for your goodness to be displayed. And Father, I pray as we sow and give into this vision offering, may the kingdom of God be released upon this city, that she will never be the same, that she will reflect your glory and your goodness. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you, host team.
0: Fantastic. How about you give Pastor Ray a, a great big hand? Makes me want to hear more, eh? Well, he's going to be speaking tonight. 6 p.m. tonight in the youth hall. We are. Pastor Ray will be sharing there. And is it Wendy as well, or is that next week? <laughs> next week. Next week. Next week, 6 p.m. Fantastic. Thank you, hosts. Well, a couple of things to remind you before you go. Parents, please be prompt in picking up your children. Don't forget them. Pick them up and enjoy your coffee. And some a question that you can talk about with your children is, what was your favourite part of CIA? That's a good question, isn't it? I saw that the uh, the photos of the the uh, some of the kids went out last sunday and delivered uh, packs to our emergency services around hamilton isn't that great and then actually um a couple of uh the staff members uh posted onto our uh, activate facebook page a great big thanks and a photo and they were like oh my goodness you made my day. It was sunny outside and I was struggling at work. And they said these kids come in with the packs and and just made their day. Isn't that cool? Fantastic. So that's the kids taking the initiative. So you can talk about that with the children. Also, thank you. Thank you, church, for your giving into the vision. Please also be purposed to give of our tithes and offerings Thank you, church. Thank you. And I declare a blessing upon your church. Thank you, God, that you have blessed us. Thank you, God, that we can be a blessing. Thank you as we give uh, that you would multiply, God. I thank you for a church that is making a difference in our, in our city, in our community, in, a, in the nation and the nations. Thank you, God, for, for community transformation taking place in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So our giving stations are on the left as you exit into the foyer. Also, if you would love uh, someone to stand with you in prayer for anything at all, we have got a team that would love to pray with you after um, our gathering. So please come up the front now as we finish, and it would be great to stand with you in prayer because God is able, isn't He? yes, it's been exciting to to hear of uh, many healings taking place recently. So God is able. Come forward if you'd like prayer. Have an amazing day, 6pm tonight in the youth hall. Otherwise, go and have a beautiful day and a lovely week. God bless.